John chapter 11, if you have it, say, mm-hmm. Verse 43 says, when he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. Some of your translations say, come out. The dead man, somebody say, the dead man. Now look at your neighbor, say, the dead man. Now look at, look at it, look at them like you're talking to them, say, the dead man. Says the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Take off the grave clothes and let him go. Verse 45 says, Therefore, many of the Jews who had come to visit Mary and had seen what Jesus did believed in him. Father, one more time, we need to take off these stinking clothes. In Jesus' name. We all said, before you're seated, shake your neighbor's hand and tell them, it's time to take them off. Then you may be seated. Now the Bible uses many metaphors all throughout the scriptures to describe a Christian life. A common metaphor that we even read here is a picture of taking off old clothes and putting on new clothes. Somebody say old clothes, new clothes. Somebody say that one more time. Say old clothes, new clothes. Maybe they could turn this up on the monitor a little bit more. And that's the imagery that we find here in this passage of scripture. However, what we must understand is that this is not a literal analogy as it was for Lazarus. But what it is, it really shows a spiritual truth. Somebody say spiritual truth. Because in Christianity, we're not so much concerned with the external as the Christian life is concerned with the internal. What's inside? Somebody say inside. Now, this is what I've learned, is that every miracle of Jesus contains a parable, and every parable of Jesus contains a miracle. When you read the scriptures and you find what he, will, he is saying, there is a miracle that is about to happen. There is a miracle that is happening, and when you and I can see it, the miracle then becomes inside of us. There is something, I believe, in John chapter 11, where Jesus performs a miracle illustrating the spiritual truth of taking off old clothes. Somebody say old clothes and putting on new clothes. Somebody say new clothes. Now, we see here in this portion of Scripture, Lazarus being brought back from the dead. Now, if you were here last week, Pastor Greg spoke a powerful message, did he not? How many were here last week? Powerful message, great way to end the year. I, I was not here. I heard it on the podcast. If you get an opportunity Listen to our podcast. We have so many different messages, so many uh, different ones all throughout the years. As a matter of fact, we have messages on our podcast dating back all the way to 1982. So our church has been here for a while. In other words, we got some history with some messages that have some great principles for our lives. And so if you get an opportunity, go on to the podcast on the website. Listen to those messages. Get in, inside. Faith comes by and hearing the word of the Lord. If you were here last week, you heard of the word of the, 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 word of the Lord through the uh, words of Pastor Greg. Powerful. And he spoke about 
this portion of scripture in a context that really talks about Mary and Martha. So what I really want to do is kind of give you just a quick context. I don't want to spend a lot of time there. If you really want to spend time there, go into the message from last week. But we see here Mary, Mary and Martha, they were the sisters of this man who was dead by the name of Lazarus. And what happened was these sisters sent word to Jesus that their brother was sick. Now, the Bible says that Jesus had delayed for several days, and in those days, Lazarus passed away, and he died. The Bible says that the disciples were baffled at this, and when Jesus finally arrived in Bethany, both of the sisters said the same thing to him, and they said, Master, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Isn't that just like us? Jesus, if you would have did this, I wouldn't have done that. If you would have just done and performed this, then I would have never went here. This would have never happened. Sometimes we find ourselves like a Mary and a Martha, right? Then the Bible says that when Jesus saw their grief and the grief of others who loved Lazarus, the Bible says that Jesus wept. Matter of fact, that's the shortest scripture in the Bible, John eleven thirty five. 35. Jesus wept. Jesus cried. And here in this portion of Scripture, the Bible says with his eyes filled with tears, Jesus approached Lazarus' tomb and gave instructions for the stone to be removed. Martha objected to Jesus, saying, Lord, by this time there is a bad odor, for he had been dead for four days. Now, I like another translation. It says bad odor, but in the King James Version, it says he stinketh. You could read it. It says it right there. Tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. You stinketh. The stinking thinking of our own worlds. And if we find this portion of Scripture in the spiritual context, we are going to see some things in our lives that stink. Jesus said, now this is what I believe Jesus is even telling us. He told them, did I not tell you if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Then the Bible says that he rolled the stone, they rolled the stone away, and then Jesus spoke with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. I remember hearing a preacher say that if Jesus had not specified Lazarus, that everybody in the tomb would have gotten up and come out. Because that's how powerful the word of the Lord is. So he had to speak it directly to him. I believe tonight that God is going to speak directly to you. That you need a word for 2017 because 20, 2016, it stunk. 2015 was horrible. 2014, you want to forget. But I believe that tonight God is going to bring a word that is going to bring life inside of you. That God is going to do something supernatural that before you've been bound up. But tonight, somebody say tonight, it's off. Somebody say it's off. Tell your neighbor it's off. It's off. At the sound of Jesus' voice, Lazarus had come out of the tomb. Now, in those days, it's very important to understand that corpses were wrapped in long pieces of, of cloth soaked in spices. When Lazarus came out of the tomb, he was still wrapped in these grave clothes. He couldn't talk and he couldn't walk. He had received life, but he still had a problem with some grave clothes. These stinking grave clothes. The story that we see here tonight is that Lazarus had been given life, 
when he was dead. And that is the perfect picture of salvation. But he was still bound by the old, stinking grave clothes. Many Christians, even today, face this same problem. Jesus gives us life, but we still struggle with the stinking grave clothes of our old life. And in some ways, in many ways, many of us are just like Lazarus. See, Lazarus, he was saved, but he still stunk. He was rescued, but he was still reeking. He was energized, but he was still entrapped. He had life, but he was not liberated. It was there, but he was not understanding what was about to take place. When we compare this story about Lazarus, and we see it even within the third chapter of Colossians. Matter of fact, turn there, Colossians chapter 3. We discover the importance of getting rid of our old stinking grave clothes. Now, in the first two chapters of Colossians, you will find that it's kind of the context of what to believe. And in the last two chapters of Colossians, it's really how to behave. So the first ones, the first couple chapters of Colossians, it's our beliefs. We see the belief in believing what God has done and what God will do. But now that you have that faith, how do you, be how do you behave as a Christian? How do you talk? How do you walk as a Christian? And in Colossians chapter 3, we begin in verse 5, and it talks about these exact things, taking off these old clothes. Now, this is very important as well. As you're turning your Bible there, I want everybody to get your Bible with me real quick. Everybody look right here. Everybody get your Bible. Tonight, this is going to be your sword. So everybody lift up your Bible. Okay, everybody lift it up. Now say this with me. Say, tonight, this is my sword, and it's going to kill something. Okay, are you guys ready to kill? Everybody do this with me. Say, kill. Do it one more time. Say, kill. I see a lot of people with their phones are like, kill. Hold on, I can't kill it yet. I got to text them first. One more time. Everybody lift it up. Say, kill. 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 Colossians chapter 3. Let's kill something. We're going to kill it. Verse 5. What does it say? Put to death. That's what it says, right? Isn't that the first words? Kill it. Some of your translations say kill it. Put to death. Therefore, remember, whenever you see a therefore, you should always find out what it's there for. It's a good reason. Therefore, put to death whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. I like, I like when Scripture translates Scripture. It just translates it for you. Greed, it's idolatry. I'm just letting you know right now what greed is. It's idolatry. Because of these, continue on, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived. But now, somebody say, but now. You must rid yourselves of all such things as these. Anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other. Oh, I like that right there. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in the knowledge of the image of its creator. Here, there is no 
Greek or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Somebody say, throw away your old clothes. Say it again. Say, throw away your old clothes. Say it again. Say, throw away your old clothes. Now, tonight, not only are you going to throw it away, you're going to kill it. You're going to kill it. See, this is the thing that I've learned about old clothes, is that many times we like to look at our old clothes, and we don't like to throw them away. We like to stash them away. Because we always think, one day, I'm going to fit right back into that. One day, it's going to look good again. One day, it's going to fit this figure. So tonight, I just don't want you to throw it away. I want you to kill it. I want you to burn it. I want you to never look at that thing again with joy, but when you see it, it's disgusting. It's horrible. It's nasty. It is something that does not, not, does not belong on this figure. It doesn't belong here. Tell your neighbor, throw it away. Now, this is very important. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, since you have taken off your old self. Now, listen, when you become a Christian, you were delivered from the penalty of sin. In other words, you were forgiven, and you will never suffer the penalty of hell. However, while the penalty of sin is removed, the presence of sin is still a reality. I want to say that one more time. The penalty of sin is removed, but the presence of sin is still present. It's still there. And if you and I do not recognize this, these clothes try to entrap us once again. In this passage, the apostle Paul gives two lists. Somebody say two lists. Somebody say two lists. And if you're taking notes, that's how you can put it down. I'm trying to break it down picturesque. Uh, within your uh, your mind when you take notes and you, because we're going to write down two lists this is what Paul does that with 11 different sins that Christians should throw away like these old dirty grave clothes Paul identifies specific sins that Christians should take off specific sins now we're going to get down and dirty right now and it's going to get a little harsh to deal with some things but when you deal with sin, you get dirty. Got quiet, huh? Because we're going to deal with things even right now that might make some of you sweat. That might make some of you go, like, oh, we don't talk about that. But if the Bible talks about it, we should not ignore it. We shouldn't ignore it. And it's very, very important because I believe if you're going to have a new 2017, you must be honest with your 2016. You must be honest with it. Don't deny it. Well, it never happened. Yeah, it did. Yes, it did. You did that. You saw that. You went there. You heard this. You talked like that. Be honest. But tonight, somebody say tonight, I'm going to kill it. Tell your neighbor, I'm going to kill it. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 5, 
The Bible calls this first list earthly nature or earthly urges. Earthly urges. On this list, the first one here, it says sexual immorality. You know the, the word for sexual immorality in the Greek is porneia, where we get the word pornography. Sexual immorality, porneia, where we get the word pornography. Impurity. The word impurity means perverted sexual acts. Perverted sexual acts. You know what I found as I was studying this? That this is just for me. When I was in high school, oh my gosh, I was a pervert. As I started studying in the scriptures, I was like, man, it makes sense. Because when I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. I was perverted like a child. This is the crazy thing. That some people, if you don't check yourself with this stuff, you're still an adult acting like a perverted child. You may be 50 years of age, but you're still perverted like a high school kid. Serious stuff, right? Serious stuff. Lust. These are things. I'm just going down the list. I could spend like a half hour on each of these bullets, but I'm not. Lust means looking at someone and fantasizing in a sexual act. I like the way my father used to put it when he broke it down with love and lust. Love is basically using your resources for someone else's benefit. Lust is utilizing someone else's resources for your own benefit. What can they give me? How can I get what they got and it benefit me? That's lusting. The lust, Remember, the, the category is under three sins, and you'll find it in the book of uh, 1 John, I believe. Uh, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. All sins fall under those three categories. All the sins will fall under those three categories. If you're taking notes, come on, write that down. Come on, bet these students. That's for you right there. You should write that down. It's very important. And here we see Paul saying, you must get rid and kill lust. Evil desires. Evil desires are these reoccurring thoughts about inappropriate inappropriate sexual acts. Do you know, the, the, see, this is one of the reasons why whenever people ask, what movie did you go see? And you say this movie, and people go, oh. and right away, you know, that pride, <laughs> you can't handle it? I can. Yeah. On the outside, you think you can handle it. But as you're watching that movie, it keeps reoccurring, reoccurring, reoccurring. Reoccurring. Listen, faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God, right? That's the way faith comes. But uh, by the same token, the opposite, the enemy knows. If he can get inside your head, he can keep that same desire reoccurring. It's the same thing. It's the same principle, and the enemy knows that. So what does he do? He puts sexual acts in songs. It's the same exact thing. If he can put the sexual act in a song, oh, I'm not looking at it. I'm just hearing it in my head, reoccurring. So when you hear that note, oh, oh, and all of a sudden, what do you have to do? Oh, get out of my head. Get out of my head. Kill the thing. Kill the thing. Because he understood these kind of things, these evil desires will keep on reoccurring and reoccurring and reoccurring. Then you know what I found very interesting is that the Bible says sexual immorality, lust. And so right away, we, you know, we get these uh, uh, understandings of these sexual acts. But then the last thing it says here, it says greed. Greed. I was like, 
Okay, hold on one second. You know the word, this word greed translated is the word covet. What's the 10th commandment of the book of Moses? Thou shalt not covet your, your neighbor's wife or property. Coveting a person or even property. Did you know that? And the Bible calls it, it that's what I like about this. It translated it right, to, right away what it is. I'm going to tell you what greed is. It's idolatry. Like, let's, let's just not, you know, color code it. It's black and white. It's idolatry. That's what it is. And so if you and I don't understand this kind of happening, it can keep reoccurring within our lives. See, idolatry puts any property, pleasure, or person ahead of God. See, God does not want to be a priority in your life. He wants to be the priority in your life. Are you hearing me tonight? God does not want to be a priority. He wants to be the priority. Now, this is very important because right away I'm talking about all these sexual immorality and the lust. And so right away, they, oh, my gosh, sex is bad. No, sex is a good thing. God created each and every one of us in our DNA with a sex drive. But I want you to understand something. Sex has boundaries. It has boundaries. Does not our, our driving, the DMV will even tell you, hey, stay within the boundaries. You won't get a ticket. The DMV tells you that. The Bible tries to make it very clear for you and I. Hey, 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 hold on. You can have sex. Have as much sex with you want as you want with your spouse. Have all the sex with your spouse. See, it's like, it's like a river. That's what sex is. It's like a river, and it must be contained. If it doesn't get contained, if it overflows, it can cause destruction. Why do you think rivers have dams? They have dams. See, you and I should understand that the rivers within us should have a dam. That's why sometimes when you watch the movies, there should be a dam. When you hear that music, dam. Sounds funny right now, huh? Good, you're never going to forget this. Dam. Movie, dam. Hearing that song, dam. Because you need to kill those things or they're going to kill you. If you don't kill these things, it will kill you. This is very, very important. And we live in a society where sexual, uh, uh, you know, a revolution is starting to happen all over the place. Just have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. Who cares? Liberty. There should be freedom of sexual immorality. No, that is not the way God intended it to be. God didn't intend for you and I to have of multiple partners. That's not the way God intended it. He never intended it for that. God intended sexual uh, happenings to take place between a man and a woman, not men and women, not as many as you can and as long as you can. No, not at all. It must be within the confines of what God had created it to be. See, you are a creation made by a creator, and there is a purpose to you procreating. Are oh, you understanding me? See, this is the kind of stuff, you can see even right now, some of you are like squirming and you see like, oh, man, you're talking about sex right now. Why are you talking about sex right now? Because I told you, this new year of 2017, you want to have a new year and you want to be a new you, you must admit to the old you. Admit it. You've been watching things you shouldn't be watching. Admit it. You've been listening to things that you shouldn't be listening to. Admit it. You got life. You came out of the grave, but take off the clothes. 
You got life, but you still stink. Take off the clothes. That's not the kind of life that God intended for you and I. Did you know that there are more porn outlets in America than there are McDonald's? Pornography is all over the place. See, that's why it's very scary with even those phones. I understand that the Bible, I have the, the Bible app on my phone. I understand that. But listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I really don't even use the Bible app on my phone, if I'm honest with you. I don't. And I try to take it very careful because I want to, when I read the scriptures, I don't want anything else. I don't want no other text message messing up with the original text message. This is the original. And I want to make sure I have that. So you got to be very careful because all it takes is three clicks on that computer and you're on a whole other site. Where did that come from? I didn't intend for that. The enemy knows. The enemy understands. See, it's not what's on the computer. It, the computer just reflects what's in your heart. It's just a reflection. So all of a sudden, you think it's the clicks. It's not the clicks. It didn't start with the finger. It started right here. This is where it started. I heard somebody once say that the porno internet pornography is like spiritual crack cocaine because of how quickly you can get addicted and how quickly it could harm you. See, now right away, you and I are feeling a certain kind of way, and it feels a little uncomfortable, but I want you to know something. If the Bible addresses it, then we cannot ignore it. This is something we cannot ignore. That those eyes, well, the, uh, I think Pastor Toby mentioned it even a couple weeks ago. He talked about the rubbernecking, right? And at first I think, uh, you know, as a guy, I think, well, it's all guys. I thought it was just guys. It's actually girls too. I didn't know that. That was news to me. But then when I started talking with my wife and some of the women, they go, oh, no, women have that too. I went, what? That's crazy. I've never been a woman, so I would never know. So I've just come to find out. Matter of fact, as you do research, most of the uh, pornography searches are from women now. It's starting to, the, the women on the rise. I'm like, wait, what is going on here? Because they feel there's a liberty that needs to happen, freedom that needs to happen. And I'm saying, no, that, that's not freedom. That's actually destruction. But I believe that here tonight, in 2017, we're going to have a new us. There is going to be a newness that happens within Victory Outreach Hayward, and we're going to be able to get free from the bondages that when we got up out of the tomb, we said, I got life, but I got to get rid of some of these clothes. I got to get rid of some of these things. I got to get rid of some of these evil desires that do not belong in the call that God has given me. And some of you here tonight, I know it's time for you to clap but I'm telling you you're called you're called nobody knows nobody knows what's on my computer nobody God knows what's on the computer God knows what's on the computer oh be careful little lies what you see oh be careful little lies what you see cause the father up above is looking down with tender love oh be careful little lies what you see Oh, be careful, little feet, where you go. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Why has everything got to be little? Little hands, little feet. You know why we sing that song, right? It's because little kids. The problem is when little kids get in a big body. That's the, that's the challenge. Here tonight, we got to be honest. Because this is what I also like, is that for every spiritual 
reference that is made. When I reasoned like a child, I thought like a child, but when I became a man, so all of a sudden maturity. But what I love is that Bible also says that if you want to get into the kingdom of heaven, you must have childlike faith. So it's understanding within, okay, what does God want to do within my life? What do I need to get rid of here tonight? Now, some of you even listening to this, you might feel pretty self-satisfied. I'm good. That's not me. I don't have that. I have no problems whatsoever with sexual immorality. Okay, I'm, I'm good now. I'm ready to clap. Pastor, move on. I'm going to be right here with you now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. That's not my problem at all. Are you sure? Because remember, how many lists did I say there were? Two. Colossians chapter 3. And you'll read it there in verses 8 and 9. And it calls this list, it calls them practices. Or should I say ugly practices. This is an ugly practice. The first one is anger. Somebody say, mm-hmm. The word anger in here is thumos which means a boiling kind of anger that builds up pressure below the surface. You ever seen somebody get so angry and it just kind of comes out of nowhere and you go, where did that come from? You know why? Because it was boiling below the surface. You didn't see it, but it was always there. Now, this is what I find. uh, This is what I want to do because I want to make sure you understand the parallel. The same way that the Apostle Paul is talking about get rid of your sexual immorality is also the same way he says get rid of your anger. So don't think for a second, well, I don't have a problem with porn, but you might have a problem with anger. And it's the same thing. And if you don't kill it, it's going to kill you. The next one, he says, rage. Rage is a violent outburst of anger. In other words, you know what rage is? We see it in kids all the time. It's called a temper tantrum. That's what it is. It's a temper tantrum. I want my thing now. What I want. And you may think, well, that doesn't happen. That didn't take place. Trust me, just a couple weeks ago, I was watching CNN, and all I saw was a bunch of temper tantrums. That's what I, just temper tantrums. I want my way, and if I don't get my way, and if I don't get my candidate, I'm going to break a window. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. But this is where it makes sense. It's a rage. Now, again, I want to make this very clear because I I said this uh, the other day, and somebody thought, oh, pastor, he doesn't like protesting. Actually, I'm okay with protests. You want to protest, protest all you want. If If I'm honest, our marches that we do, that's a protest, just in case you didn't know that. That's what it is because we're coming against the spirit of violence. It just so happens that our marches are spiritual. That's all. But it's a protest. I'm all for protest. You want to protest, stand up for something, go for it. But if you're going to break somebody's window, that's not a protest. That's, that's just not a protest. You know what it is? It's a ten- temper tantrum. And because I'm not getting it, then I'm going to break somebody's window that I don't even know who they are, but statewide, nationwide is on their side, and they're going to have to pay for that anyways. You know what another one? Ugly practice? Malice. Malice means having anger in your heart towards another person. 
It's right here. You may not say it, but oh, I'm feeling it. I'm going to smile, but I really hope you die. That's what malice is. A discontent towards somebody. I hope they fall and break their leg. <laughs> but I can laugh while saying it. The funny thing is, is that humor has kind of dictated our culture and we're able to say things in a humorous way, but now it's been so misconstrued, we don't know which is which. Are you joking or are you serious? <laughs> no, I'm joking. I really hope they die. That's what malice is. Slander. Oh, slander. You sly, slick, and wicked one here. Slander is attacking someone's character. You know what slander is? Slander is whispering behind their back and suggesting ideas that would hurt somebody's reputation. That's what slander is. Being able to just, you didn't hear it from me. I didn't say it. That's not what I said. All I was saying, and you know what's funny is that sometimes I'll jump on this, uh, you know, devil's playground called Facebook. Amen. You go, it really is. This thing's crazy. I was seeing two Christians go at it the other day, and I had to actually, uh, uh, I'm actually writing up a rebuke. I really, I'm going to rebuke them. That's horrible. I should have never did that. And I'm going to direct message them. So don't ever do that ever again. You're making us look bad. They don't even go to Victory Outreach. I don't care. I really don't care. I'm telling you, this Facebook is horrible. And they were, they were just going at it, and they were slandering each other. I go, what is going on here? What are they doing? But you know what I find sometimes on Facebook? People will do a general out there. You know what? Some people get on my nerves. And then I'll be, amen, they get on my nerves too. They just keep saying they. They never say who, but they just say they. We don't know who they are, but whoever they are, they are on my nerves. You know what that is? That is slander. You don't want to say it, but it's in your heart. I'm not going to say their name, but they know who they are. Whoever they are. They. But if we're honest, you may have typed it, but before you typed it, it was in your heart. And this malice is the malice that can take away the spiritual truth within our lives. Bible even says filthy language. Now, filthy language, I don't really have to kind of go over. Just turn on your television. And you're just like, oh, the earmuffs, earmuffs. Oh, my earmuffs. Oh, regular television. Just, oh, whoa, whoa. That means just filth, just upon filth, upon filth, upon filth. And then the last thing the Bible says is that we shouldn't lie to one another. Shouldn't lie to one another. Now, most of these sins have to do with what we say or how we say something. But it's very interesting that it's very easy for us to condemn many people on the first list, but we don't condemn anybody on the second list. Oh, I understand. You're angry. I, uh, I, I'm angry, too. We don't do that with other people. Oh, you're watching porn. I understand. I, I, I watch porn, too. You notice that? You know what that's called? Let's be honest. Can we call it what it is? You know what that's called? A double standard. 
And the Bible talks about a double standard person, a double minded man. He's always unstable. There's no stability to them. There is no stability to them. And you know what I have found? Is that this is where the church is getting weak. We're getting unstable. Because we're okay with this, but we're not okay with this. We will talk about this, but we won't talk about this. And so that's why even earlier when I was talking about sexual immorality and I was talking about lust, I was like, ooh, Pat, why are you talking about that? I'm talking about it because the Bible talks about it, and we cannot ignore it. And that's why if you're not honest with your 2016, if you're not being truthful about your 2015, your 2017 will be the exact same thing. It'll be the exact same thing. But listen, here tonight, I'm telling you, you got to take this thing tonight and say, I'm going to kill it. Somebody say, kill it. Somebody say, kill it. Everybody take your Bible right now. Come on, take your Bible right now. And with me, say, kill it. Say, kill it. Now do this. Sexual immorality, kill it. Lust, evil desires, greed, lying, anger. Malice, slander, kill the thing. You got to kill the thing. Don't let that live in your heart. Don't let any filthy language come from your lips, the Bible says. Now, this is the brunt of the message, and I close with this, because I find some things within this that really got me. Now, Actually, before I get to that, there, here's one point that really got me as I was reading this. Because as a disciple of Christ, we need to get rid of all these things. we got to kill all these things. But you know what I have found is that sometimes we try to excuse our sins because of our genetic background. Did you know that? Many times, many people will do that. They'll excuse, well, that's just the way that I am. That's just the way that it was. But I like hearing in Colossians chapter 3, look here in verse 11. It says, here, there is no Greek or Jew, uncircumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian or Scythian, slave or free. Now, why did he write this in the context of the bad conduct? As I was reading this, I said, what? Now, barbarian just means foreigner, and Scythian just means a savage. That's really what it was. They were a savage people. So he's talking about, I don't care if you're just from out of town. Or, well, I don't know anything. I just got here. Or I don't care if you're a savage. Yeah, that's right. That's how I am. That's, I'm a beast, baby. I'm a beast. I just say what I say and I do what I do. Live with it. Huh? That's why he says here, he says, well, you, you, can't, you cannot say, well, I'm just Mexican. I just say what I want. And you just got to live with it. That's just the way that it is. You know. I'm just being blunt because that's how my family, my family's a bunch of blunt. So we just all say whatever comes out of our mouth and you just got to live with it. That, that's what he's saying here. He said, no, 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 you can't say it. Well, the Greeks can't say it. The Jews can't say it. No, 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 no. If you're a disciple of Christ, kill it. It's not about, well, I'm Italian or I'm Mexican or I'm Puerto Rican or I'm this or I'm that. No, 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 no. I don't care what you were. What are you? I know what you were. You were Mexican. Yes, that is true. You were American. You were Italian. You were from that family. You were from that background. That was your lifestyle. That is how you grew up. But that is now how you're not going to grow in Christ. If you are going to grow in Christ, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Behold, all those old gray 
same stinking clothes must be gone and must be killed because now you are a new creation in Christ. God is doing something new in your 2017. Get rid of that old thinking. Get rid of those old clothes. Get rid of that old urges. Get rid of that old practice. I am a new creation. Listen to me. You're not a savage anymore. Stop it. You're not a foreigner anymore. Stop it. Listen, I understand. And even what I really liked about that, I dived into it. I, I wish I had more time to get into it. But when you're talking about foreigners, because they were even talking about dialect. And they were talking about the certain uh, things that you say. Because, well, I don't speak very well. I'm not from here. No, 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 no. Stop, stop, stop. That's not what it is. You're learning the wrong language. It's not about learning American or learning English. It's about learning the love of Christ. Learn that. Don't worry. You, we don't want you to become American. We don't want you to become a, a perfect English uh, a person who, who talks with perfect accent. No, 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 no. Learn the language of God. Learn that language. That's what he's saying here. Don't, don't worry about what everyone else is trying to do, what everyone else is trying to look like, whatever clothes that everyone else is trying to put on. Get rid of that stuff. Put on some new clothes. Now, what I like about this in John chapter 11, verse 44, and I close with this as it comes to the piano, is that the Bible says that the dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and cloth around his face. And Jesus said to them, Jesus said to them. Now, think about this. If you were a person that was just given life, but when you woke up and your hands and feet were still bound, wouldn't you be frustrated? I'd be frustrated. I'd be like, man, okay, I got a new opportunity, but I can't do anything. I would get a little frustrated. I'd be like, man, what's going on here? I can't, you know, am I, can I talk? Can I live? Can I do anything? Now, this is the crazy thing. He couldn't do anything. But what Jesus did... And this is where I believe that as a church, and when I say church, I'm not talking Victory Outreach Heart. I'm talking as the church, as the body of Christ. I believe this is where we fail a lot. We fail a lot in this. And this is the brunt of my message right here. We fail a lot in this. I pray we don't this year in 2017. But if I'm honest, probably we have failed before. And that is this. Is that many times we will come to the altar. And when we come to the altar, I'll just use your... Bible here, Pastor Toby. We come to the altar and we'll go, oh God, God, I got this sin. I'm all messed up. God, remove it. You place it here at the altar. God, remove it. God, take it. I don't want this anymore. This is not me. I want it. That's the old me. It's gone, God. You take it. We get all emotional. We get all emotional. Say, okay, God, take it. And we just take it right back. Now, maybe you've never done that, but I'll be honest. I've done that. When I come to the altar, okay, God, yeah, no more. That's the oldest ever. He's done. I'm so God. He ain't there no more. You ain't seeing this right now, right? You're not seeing this right now, right? Okay, all right, okay. And so many times, we'll try to fight with God. Well, God, just, just for a little while longer. Let me just, just borrow it. Let me just borrow it right back. I'll bring it back next week, I promise. Whatever sin this is, I'll bring it back. This was the crazy thing. Is that the Bible talks about anything 
any sin that you that entangles you, you must lay it to the side. You know what I found? Is that many times we ask God to remove it when God says, no, you remove it. You get rid of it. I'm here to make you whole, but you get rid of it. Now, this is what I found about Lazarus. You know what he found about Lazarus? He actually had people help him. He had people help him. See, some of you right now, you come to the altar, and you get the whole emotional, like, yeah, okay, man, I'm, I can feel it. I feel it getting rid of it. I'm, it's like it's gone right now. And if we're honest, we're in an atmosphere that gets rid of that stuff. There's no, no, no perverted movies and no nasty music playing, so you're not feeling that right now. But when you leave here, you're going to see perverted movies, and you're going to hear nasty music. In here, no way, not, not at all. We, we create an atmosphere where you can grow healthy disciples. That's the atmosphere here. But the truth of the matter is, is that you're going to leave this atmosphere and go somewhere else. And you're going to go home, and you're going to have to fight your brother that keeps on cussing with that filthy, foul language. You're going to have to keep on going with your next-door neighbor that's blasting that music. You're going to have to keep on going with your mom that keeps lying to you. Your friends that just keep on giving you that foul stuff. And it keeps on going. and go, man, how come every time I come to the altar and I give it to God, but then when I go back, all of a sudden it finds itself right back on me? You know why? Because you need help removing those clothes. You can't do it on your own. You were never meant to do it on your own. You were never built to do it on your own. God had always intended for you to get the help that you need. He always intended it like that. Two people, three cords, not easily broken. He always intended it that way. So for those of you here tonight that say, man, how come every time I come to the altar, I feel great, but then when I go back, man, I can't do it. You know why? Because you need to get in with what God's strategy has given you and says, listen, I've made you clean. I've given you life, but now you need help removing that stuff. Now, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say it fairly quickly. For those of you, if you have a problem with pornography, you need to get the help that you need that you cannot do it alone. Matter of fact, I, I was doing some research. There is a church called Triple X Church, and they have a website that will help you with your computer, and it will help you with your, uh, your phone and whatever other device that you may have. And they put it on the app there, and then boom, it, I guess it does a, a, a checks numbers and HTML, and it checks it, and boom, any, anything that has to do with any sort of pornography, boom, it blocks it. It's blocked, boom, right away. And so that's one way. Some of you, you need a, a prayer partner for the language that comes out of your mouth. You want to pray, but things that come out of your mouth are like, oh, man, I can't pray like this, filthy mouth. Exactly. Get a prayer partner. Some of you can't help it because, well, my parents, all they did was lie to me. That's all I know how to do. I just know how to lie. I don't do it on purpose. It's just, it's a natural way. Exactly. Get rid of those natural urges. Get rid of those practices. Kill that thing. Tonight, you got to kill that. I don't want to be a person full of anger that every time I see that person, I just want to, man, I just want to hit them. I want to hurt them. God says, no. The kingdom of heaven suffered violence, but the violent get violent against themselves. Some of you tonight, you need to get violent against wanting to be violent. 
all I ever knew, man. I just, anytime just somebody said something, I just popped them, man. They just, why'd you do that? I don't know. I just, I just did it. Before you hit them, you need to hit your heart. And say, don't think like that. Don't do that stuff. See, this is the great thing, and this is where we as a church, where I believe we need to get better at. I'll be the first one to tell you we need to get better. And that is at making that disciples together. That we're in this together. You get angry? Hey, that's fine. Many of us in this building, if we're honest, used to get very angry. We used to get so angry, we just said the first thing that came out of our mouth, and we didn't care who it hurt, because that's just the way that I was. But now, let me think about it. Hold on. Wait. Let me pray. Okay, I'm good. Now let me speak. Slow to speak. Quick to listen. Hold on. Slow down. So for those of you here tonight, whatever list it may be, whether it's on the list that makes it very difficult to talk about or the list that's very easy to just pass by on. Ah, it's okay, I get angry, but that's not a big deal. No, it's a very big deal. That anger that boils is a very big deal. That malice that's inside that nobody sees is a very big deal. Don't think, well, his sin is worse. He watches that. She watches that. I'm not that bad. No, that's not how it works. You want to be a new disciple? Then you need a new way of thinking. Now, there's a part two to this because it talks about what to put on. And I'm going to speak to part two later on because I talked about what to take off. Because tonight, I really feel like we need to kill some things. Before you put something on, you need to take something off. Some of you, right, you need to take off that anger. You need to take off that slander. You need to take off that lying. You need to take off that immorality. You need to take off that greed. You need to take it off. Get rid of the thing.